want to live a purposeful life. We want to live for God. We want to do well with our lives. We want to have trustworthy friends. We want to have a marriage that lives happily ever after. Uh, we want to be financially secure and so much more. And these are great expectations and all of us must have expectations. Is it naive to have expectations? No, we must have them. So I'm doing part three of living in expectancy and we're going to talk about how to make these expectations come real. My subtitle is so into it. So into your expectations, invest into your expectations. God has designed our lives in such a way that when we expect something, that he has given us the process to get our expectations become real. And so we go to Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7. And it says, most of you are familiar with it, do not be deceived. In other words, you can be deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Now, I suppose you know that a man there is gender neutral, refers to women as well. So I'll read it for the sake of the woman. Do not be deceived, God is not more. For whatever a woman sows, that she will also reap. And the same for children as well and for everybody. And there are two words there I want you to pay attention to as we build our message. The first word is the word sow. For whatever a man or a woman sows. The word sow is an action taken with an expected harvest in mind. So when we sow, we are doing something because we expect something. And so he says, whatever a man sows, that also he shall reap. We do things with expectation. We want life to be well with us. That's the expectation. And the action we take is the sowing into our expectancy. When a farmer sows a seed, he does it in expectation of a harvest. It's an investment that the farmer is making into his future or her future. And many times when people sow something, they have clear idea of the harvest they are expecting. You go to a farmer and you ask them, so at the end of this farming season, how much do you want? And he says, well, I'm planting on this acre of land and I want so many bags of pepper or so many bags of corn or so many bags of cocoa. They know what they are expecting and that influences what they are sowing. Whatever you sow is the action you are taking towards your expectation. The second word I want you to note is the word whatever. Whatever makes sowing a universal principle. It takes it beyond agriculture. Whatever means any kind, any amount. Whatever you sow at the foundation, sowing is an agricultural principle. 
But the scriptures elevate it beyond agriculture and says whatever. It means that it's a universal principle that affects many areas of our lives. And we're going to talk about some of the things we must sow, and then we're going to look at things we must not sow. So if we expect it, we must sow into it. We must sow into the things we expect to harvest. If you don't want it, don't sow into it. If you don't want it, don't sow into it. But if you expect it, if you expect a purposeful life, then you must sow into a purposeful life. If you want to be surrounded by good people, we must sow into good relationships. If we expect to have financial freedom and independence, we must sow into our finances. Whatever you sow, whatever, whether it's for friendship, it's for marriage, it's for finances, it's for a spiritual life, it's for breakthrough, it's for answer prayer, you have to sow into it. It's not enough to expect it. You must sow into the expectation. Because many times we live life in expectation. Oh, I want life to be good for me. I want to prosper. I want to live for God. I want to pray more. I want to know the Bible. But if that's your expectation, if that's the harvest you're looking for, then you must sow into it. You must sow into it. Everybody say sow into it. All right. You did well the first time. Okay. So look at some of the things that we can sow into our lives. Whatever we sow, we produce a harvest. Now I'm going to talk about four essential things that you must be mindful that you sow. The first thing is time. Sowing time. Time is the moments we live in, the seasons we live in. We can count it in terms of chronology. We can count it in time, in terms of time on the watch, but whatever you call time, it is one of the most essential things that we must sow. If you want it, you must sow time into it. Everything we need demands an investment of time. Everything you need. Just talk about something you need. You want a good marriage? You have to invest time. You want to make money? You have to invest time. You want to be spiritual? You have to invest time. You want to get education? You have to invest time. You know, because sometimes we look at people who have invested time, displayed the harvest of their investment, and we simplify it by saying, oh, as for you, you are blessed. God has blessed you so much. Oh, look at you. He's so blessed. A preacher was invited to uh, read a scripture portion from Matthew chapter 5. And he got up and he didn't pick up a Bible, but he stood and started rattling the whole of Matthew chapter 5 without Bible reference. So I understand that the evangelist, the popular evangelist, Billy Graham, was sitting by this gentleman and he says, what an amazing blessing. And the gentleman said to Mr. Graham, this is a lifetime of investment paying off. He says, the investment of my youth is paying off in my old age. In other words, I didn't just get up to rattle Matthew chapter 5. I invested time into it. 
It's a blessing, but the blessing came because somebody invested time into it. There are people who want things, but they don't make time for it. And somehow they feel they're going to reap a harvest. And they live with expectations that are not met because there's no investment of time. One of the most important things you have to sow in life is time. If you love somebody, spend time with them. If you love something, make time for it. If you don't love it, don't make time for it. If you make more time for Manchester City <laughs> than you make for your own desires in life, it shows where your priorities are. Manchester City will do well. They will win the FA Cup, but you would win nothing. Are you following me? Because many of us invest time into things that produce no harvest for us. The first thing you have to invest is time. Somebody say, I will sow time. Second thing we have to invest in is thoughts, our ideas, our plans. Thoughts, the things we think about are like seeds in our hands. When we sow them, they germinate. If you think so much about something, it will start bearing fruit in your life. If you spend so much time talking about, thinking about it, it will be your reality. That's a natural law that God has put into the world. If you spend so much time thinking of hatred and anger, it will manifest. If you spend all your time thinking about demons and the devil and principalities and powers and witches in your family, they will manifest. Even if they don't exist, your thoughts will bring them into existence. Because your thoughts are very powerful. They can create a reality for you. And you can live in a world that doesn't exist, but that is real. Because your thoughts created them. So ask yourself, what do I spend time thinking about? What are my prime ideas? What do I plan about? When I'm lying down quietly, what am I thinking about? When I'm talking with friends, what are the ideas we're exchanging? Because every thought and plan is a seed that you're sowing and it will produce a harvest. The third thing we must be conscious to invest is our talent, our gifts, and our abilities. It's of no use to be gifted and do nothing about the gift. We've heard so much about the parable of the talents. Although in that instance, Jesus is talking about talent in terms of money, the principle applies to our talents as well. If you have the talent and you don't use it, it's not going to harvest anything for you. I believe that every human being is talented. Everyone, every one of us is talented in something. There's something you are so good at naturally. Some of you are able to make people laugh naturally. You haven't learned comedy. But when you, you are around people, they always say, as for you, you are a comedian. They may mean it as an insult, but as you know, comedy is a source of income as well. So don't just crack jokes for free. Don't make people laugh for free. 
Find out how do I utilize this talent, this ability? Because for all you know, it will gain you more money than all the degrees you've acquired in life. God has given each one of us what I call our cutting edge. Your cutting edge, the thing that makes you cut. Because the world is full of people with cutting edges who are not using their cutting edge. They are using the dull edge. It's like having a knife, the dull side at the back and the front side is the sharp side. And instead of using the sharp side, we're always using the dull side. But there is something you are very good at. It's your talent. It's your gift. It's naturally endowed. And you can decide to sow it or do nothing about it. And the tragedy of life is that most of us go through life trying to be like somebody else, imitating somebody's talent, imitating somebody's ability, but never investing in our own talents and abilities and skills. So we, we grow up and we are not defined by anything. There's nothing sharp in our lives because the talent was never developed. Whatever a person sows, whether it's time, it's a thought, it's a talent, they're going to reap it. And the fourth thing that we must invest in or invest with is our treasure, our worth, our wealth. God's financial principles are clear. In addition to being hardworking, in addition to being purposeful, God says, if you want me to bless you financially, you have to invest financially also. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, president, shaking together and running over, shall men give to your bosom. You cannot expect God to bless you financially without you investing financially. It doesn't work that way. If you expect God and you're looking forward to God's blessing, then you have to give financially. I've heard sometimes people say, well, there, there are unbelievers who never give and they prosper. Are you really sure? Because I've never seen a stingy person prosper. A stingy person may accumulate wealth but cannot create wealth. You can accumulate, you can store wealth by stinginess, but creating wealth requires a lot of giving, a lot of generosity. That is what opens the wealth. And that is why these times you hear almost all the richest people in the world donate so much amount of their money, vast amounts of their money to things that are important to them, where their treasure is, where their heart is. For us Christians, we also must know where our heart is. So somebody who is a rich billionaire decides that he's going to invest money. He's giving. And he says, I want to give to save elephants or whales, or I want to save to eradicate mosquitoes in the world, or promote gay rights. Then the Christians who say, I have a different treasure, my heart is somewhere else, don't invest in where their heart is. And you wonder why the people of the world are doing better than you, because they have a better sense of this universal principle that whatever a person sows, they will reap. We must be good stewards. We must save money. We must not be wasteful. But saving money and not being wasteful can only help you accumulate wealth. 
but not create wealth. You create wealth through giving, through generosity, having a heart that is bigger than just making money. So our expectations in life will be fueled by these four things. Time, thought, talent, treasure. Every expectation in your life somehow is plugged into these four. You want a good marriage? You have to invest time, thought, talent, treasure. Both ways. Men must invest treasure as well as women must invest treasure. Invest in what is valuable, what is worthy, what you consider important. Thank you for listening to Living.